0: Yeah, so I was a little little late getting here for recording because of a uh, peacock traffic jam. So that was... (laughs) Um... (laughs) Yep.
1: uh, It was
0: peacocks. They were in the road. There was quite a few of them, and I I had to wait for them to cross because Kristen and the girls wouldn't let me just run them over, so...
1: Well, to be fair, if you're not planning on eating them afterwards, that would be wasteful. Touche. Touche. That's fair. That's fair. Point. Oh, my gosh. The, the dresses you could have made for your girls. Out of those <laughs> Did you try selling them on that point? <laughs> I should have. I'd be Keep like, that in the back pocket for if it happens again. The I'll accessories just pull that, that you, know.
0: you can, Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, we were down at the Glendale Library. You know, the Thunderbird Park. Okay. It has all those crazy peacocks all over the place. They're all climbing all over the library. And of course my youngest wanted to go run up and grab
1: one. And I was like, nah probably shouldn't do that. You're going to find that goes a lot differently than you're picturing in your head. <laughs> exactly. You've watched too many Disney movies. <laughs> Sorry, princess yeah. there. You're not going to be able to speak to the animals. Yeah. Either. This is not your sidekick for sure.
0: Oh man. All right. All right. Let's, let's hit an intro and jump into it. Welcome to the podcast, Blue Collar Scholars. Not long ago, a group of brilliant minds met together at a pub to discuss their unfinished works. They recognized the value of coming together around delicious beverages and having meaningful conversations. That group was known as the Inklings. The Inkladu Podcast here We're working to be the second iteration of that group. So, pour yourself a craft beverage, pull up a chair, and join the conversation. All right, man, have have you had anything, anything good?
1: Man, I have not. I got real boring again this week. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah I just I have that. not had anything. Nothing wrong
0: with that because I can keep us going because I had I still have like my bank of pull out
1: yep. I was gonna say I, yep. I was counting on the fact that like I didn't need to rush out and address it right away because you had mentioned that in your travels you had gotten experimental. Yep. So I'm
0: gonna go with my stronger one, one of the the better ones that I had. It was from Santa Fe Brewing. Okay. Uh, so, like, I, I was aware of them because you uh, picked them up because you were, like, when you came back from New Mexico, you're like, oh, yeah, they reminded me of, you know, all this stuff. So now I see them, you know, like I'm triggered. So yes. that, when I see them, I was like, oh, hey. So I grabbed one, and this was their uh, coffee chocolate stout, Ooh, I think. I haven't had that one. And, yeah, man, it was really good. Like, I really liked it. It was exactly what you'd expect, right? So it was super dark. Mm-hmm. Um, super chocolaty had kind of a nice coffee like diner coffee like I always I always feel guilty when I say bitterness when I'm talking about coffee because I always am like trying to change people's minds that coffee <laughs> is not bitter, right but but it is it plays into the bitter like in the profile of the beer, coffee plays into the bitter. More than the sweet or the any of the other stuff, and so like it it changes how the bitterness in coffee hits or bitterness in beer hits. It
1: it is one of those things too, where again because if you're trying to use coffee in the brewing process, you're going to for it to hold up and have any impact at all, it's probably going to have to be something that you've roasted a little bit darker, so that it like has the the punch to stand up with some of the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, and so it is going to tend to be more on that kind of burnt and bitter, but there's enough other flavors in there playing with it that, like, that's kind of a nice balance rather than being, you know, yeah. drinking a cup of burnt bitter coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really good. I was
0: really, I was pleasantly surprised, and it worked out because we were up north, right, and it was cool, and mm-hmm. I was like, boy, this is the last time I'm gonna get to have, like, <laughs> the real joy of dark beer and cold weather that go so hand in hand. Yeah. And so I... It's gonna be a minute before that comes up again. Yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah. No, I was pleasantly. I highly recommended again. Like I said, you're not going in there for you know like beer, beer flavors. You're going in there for chocolate and coffee and sure.
1: You know, it was well, and that is so one of the things that I kind of always notice with uh, the Santa Fe Brewing is a lot of their stuff. Tends to be kind of an IPA version of whatever style they're doing. Oh, really? But again, in something like uh, a stout and those kinds of things, where there there is known to be a decent bitterness in the profile on mm-hmm. those, pretty consistently, I'm I can see that working really well there. Yeah, that that seemed like a that sounds like a good one. I have to look for it.
0: All right. So, speaking of coffee topic today came up from a conversation I was having over coffee with somebody. And uh, so there's a a young guy at, at our church. So like I was working with uh, Kevin, who's like the owner of well coffee kind of Mm -hmm. mentoring and, and having conversations with him. And he was like, you know what I think you should do is I think you should talk to this guy. He's a young guy in the church. I think, you know, you talking to him would be good just for like experience wise and whatnot. And I was like, sure, man. Yeah, whatever. And so uh, we met up, and after talking for a little bit, I asked him if he'd ever read C.S. Lewis, and he said no. And I was like, well...
1: How very dare you? I was like, "You, well, you have to do that now. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> like to the point... <laughs> I really hope you said it as deadpan and matter-of-fact as you just did now <laughs> on the podcast, because... Like, I don't know anything about the rest of the conversation, obviously, <laughs> having not been there. But I really hope that there was this very kind of, like, emotive, back-and-forth, personal <laughs> conversation. that, Oh, well, yeah, that's a thing you have to do now. Yeah. yeah, You can breathe, and then you read C.S. Lewis. That's just how it goes. <laughs> like It's that serious. So
0: we actually decided to, like, once a month meet up, get up early, meet up at the coffee shop, and read through a couple of chapters at a time. And so we're reading through the uh, we got through the first, I guess it would be five chapters. The first one section of mere Christianity. Ooh. Okay. And so like, he's, you know how he's kind of using his, oh, uh, what is it? He's using like a human experience as the foundation for, uh, you know, like proving that there's something greater before even going into theology and believing in God. He's like, yes, believing it's very that-
1: much the philosophy and reason side of things. Like, yeah. Uh, classical terminology, natural theology.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. what can
1: we know about the divine just from exactly. the world around
0: us? And using fair and unfair and all of these mm-hmm. things, like these natural things that are a part of you. And and so, you know, just through chewing on this stuff, we we came across, we just got into these more and more conversations, and we ran into this kind of topic We using all these, we're feeling really good about it. And then he brought up this verse and I was like, well, I don't, that's a good question. And I don't have the answer to that. I was like, I'm actually going to bring this up for the podcast because I kind of need to work through it a little bit. And it, it, it's one of those things where I think it's probably not as big a deal. It's probably not that big a deal, but it's one of those like tricky language things Mm. that that Mm -hmm. you can get hung up on, you know, and, and maybe it's, you know, reading it out of context or not the full context, yada, yada, yada. But anyway, First well, John four seven, right where it says, uh, "Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love." Um, and so the question around it was, "Is okay? So what does that mean for atheists? Right? Like, can uh-huh. if they?" don't know god then do they not know what love is and if they like which seems like a, a silly thing to say because you're like i know atheists who have families and you would say that that is
1: that is love right like they I, i've care- seen some atheists be very loving people yeah by all outward appearances you yeah. know and so then uh, and i got
0: hung up on that i'm not gonna lie i was like i don't know and the more i've chewed on it and i'll throw out Hopefully, I'm not screwing up your planned no, response for this. But the thing that I've been thinking about is that is love an action or a person? And, and uh, the way that I'm breaking this up in my brain is that um, I believe love is a person, right? Love is God is love, and sure. so there are the four loves which C.S. Lewis breaks down, right? Eros, agape, Fili- all of the the four. Those are like means in which we interact with the person of love, which is God. Right? Does that make sense? That's like – so like me and you, like I get to know you through podcasting conversations. Sure. I get to know God through this form of, you know, agape love. Does that make sense? Is that that like
1: tracking or not really? Somewhat. I I think – so – I always – and, you know, it's, it's the Catholic in me. Can't help it. Won't apologize for it. But a lot, my tendency is when I hear, is it this or this, my sure. natural tendency is to look for where is the yes. Right. Because it's true that – and I, I think what you're saying largely kind of matches with this. But, yeah, ultimately, God is love. Mm-hmm. That's made very clear. So love – ultimately, at its highest point, is a person. However, that person, those three persons, actually, if we're going to get really specific, have invited us to participate in it. And those loving acts of ours are a participation in and a relationship with that person in addition to whoever that love is directed to. So, like, my love for my family, for my parents, for my sister, for you, the cousins and all of that. That love is a participation in the divine love that God has for you guys. Mm -hmm. His is better than mine because he's all of it. And I'm this tiny little shred of it. But so it is a person, but it's also an act. Like I am making the decision to live out that, Mm -hmm. to uh, cooperate with that love. But yeah, no, I, but I think that's basically what you were saying is that ultimately love is a person and our actions, they're not, they're not the same as that. Right. They're, they're like right. shadows of imitations of participations in that real love, but our actions aren't it fully. So then are we,
0: if we're, if we were to say you know, those who do not know love, do not know God. I I know that's not the intent of the scripture because Mm -hmm. they're there. It's clearly making a point. Yeah. And that if you are unloving, then you don't really have a good understanding of God. Right. Right. So can you, but is the inverse applicable? Like if yes. so how, how do we, how do we get there? Like, are we willing to like look at an atheist and be like, you don't, actually know anything about love no right i'm certainly not
1: i'm not gonna like, say it to
0: anybody but like am i gonna no. Think no, no. It? but not only that
1: but like i don't <laughs> believe that either okay okay like so knowing is not a yes or no question right like mm. i i was just watching the nba finals tonight before we started recording you know congratulations to the nuggets Uh, Fair enough But I mean I wasn't going to be Yeah anyway Uh, Nikola Jokic I don't know him But I kind of do I know that there is a guy named Nikola Jokic I know that he plays basketball At an inhuman level That's just utterly unfair That someone that size and with that build Has that kind of grace and skill He's annoying Impressive to watch But like I, I know him But not in the same way That his teammates do, not Mm -hmm. in the same way that his brothers and his parents do. They know him more. But I still kind of know him. I would say that everyone, even an atheist, as someone who is created in the image and likeness of God, knows God. They might not know his name. Hmm. They might not recognize That that's who it is. They'll find all kinds of other terms for it. Like, you know, the universe or goodness Mm -hmm. or, you know, even the, uh, the the triumphant human spirit or some other goofy phrase that they'll come up with for it. Sure, But, like, all of that good that they're pursuing is God, even if they're unable or unwilling to name him. Hmm. However, the deeper their knowledge of god, the deeper the knowledge of god the more capable of love you are you know think about uh some of the conversations we've had even about like uh cuz it it definitely works in both directions like some of the conversations we've had about the way your understanding of what love means uh and your understanding mm-hmm. of yeah, how yeah. god loves through your wife and your daughters, mm-hmm. like your experiences with them have like completely shaped that. Yep. That's true, but so is the reverse. Like when you sought to do good for them, that was defined by your knowledge of God and what God has done for you. And the further we get in that faith journey, the closer we get to God, the more we come to know him, the better we're able to participate in that gift of love that he offers. Hmm. The the better we're able to do that. So I I like that actually because one of the biggest
0: questions that comes up in, you know, casual conversation or or, you know, blue-collar scholars like me who don't yeah. actually know the stuff, is this like have you ever like sat and wondered and been like he's an atheist, why is he not just like an immoral, hedonistic piece of garbage. Like, uh-huh. why? Why do anything good? Like, why Why do anything just? Like, why are you not just, like, the worst human possible, right? Because, like, because there's no consequence. Yep. You believe there's no consequences, and there's no motivation for you to do good unless there is some something that you know Right, And that's where C.S. Lewis yeah. kind of says in this first chapter, like there's this inherent sense of fair and unfair, right? And that found, that's knowing God.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely.
0: Built in there. When,
1: when St. Paul talks in another part of one of his letters about the idea of the law written on their hearts. Yes. That all will be held accountable to. Again, it's that same thing. Because of the way we are created in the image and likeness of God, there is in our nature – Something of the divine nature. Like there's some mm-hmm. of that in there. It's not a full expression. It's far from complete and it's far from perfect, but it's there. Mm. And, you know, it it is one of those things. I I can't remember the guy's name. It was one of those like friend of a friend situations. But I remember having this really intense conversation with a guy kind of about this topic because he was a fallen away Christian, now mm-hmm. atheist type of thing. and. We were talking about, like, what grounds for morality there can possibly be if there's not – because, like, he went so far, he didn't even just deny God. He denied objective reality. Like, there is no such thing. Absolute relativist. And, like, actually an intellectual one who, like, was thinking it through and intending it, um, which made for a really frustrating conversation because it's like, no, no, you've talked yourself into a corner here. Yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I see that corner as an open door. You son of a, all right, fine. So this is, this is how we're playing this. But it was, it was a really, it was like, and I know from the mutual friend, mm-hmm. and like, this is actually, this is a super good dude. Like he's come up with all of these philosophical reasons why he shouldn't have to give a crap about any other person. Mm -hmm. And yet he lives out his life looking for opportunities to take care of other people, even if he doesn't know them. Yeah. And it's like, man, your life would be so much simpler if you would just acknowledge what you actually know. Hmm. But for whatever reason, some people are not willing or able to make that admission. That doesn't change their nature, though. Their nature is still that reflection of God. They can bury it in crap or they can, like, work really hard to, like, keep clearing that stuff away to, like, let that shine through more and more clearly in their lives. But, like, it's there.
0: And I feel like there's got to be this, you know, and I I was going to say, sorry, my brain got ahead of me there, but ahead of my mouth. And so I was like, there's got to be this hardening of the heart. And then I'm thinking of you know all of the times that that phrase is used in the Bible, in which basically there's this thing inside your heart, created inside of you, your nature that God placed there, that is just kind of like itching to get out. Like it just want it's like it's the call, like it's calling yeah. to God, and God is calling to it incessantly, and you have to kind of repetitively just like pound it into a numb sense of like hardening it, like callousing yourself to that internal call and external call matching up. And so, you know, that just makes so much sense to me that like the hardening of their heart or, you know, hearts turn from stone to flesh, you know, all of these different things. You're like, oh man, that makes sense. Like you would seriously just that, that incessant calling, you would have to just beat it to,
1: stone for for it to not drive you nuts absolutely well and i think too it's it's interesting you know i'm gonna go for a different c.s lewis book but like this concept of those who are like there's this difference between knowing something and recognizing it Mm, you know like okay so i think of uh, the last battle. So spoiler alerts for anyone who hasn't read the Chronicles of Narnia, but it's been almost a century at this point. So and that's you should on go you. do it now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like at the end of the seventh book, at the last battle, you know, when the final judgment is mm-hmm. happening. You know, on the one hand, you've got the soldier who was fighting for the evil kingdom. But he had never lost his sense of what is good. Due to his circumstances, due to his life experience up to that point, he had never been exposed to something better than just the best that was available in that kingdom. Mm -hmm. But he constantly sought what was best. And so when he saw what was better, he recognized it and chose that and was welcomed to it. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, there's those like dwarves who have like found themselves in paradise, but. Because they have hardened themselves to the goodness of it all, they're sitting there experiencing it as if it's darkness. Yeah, like as if it's misery, because misery is all they have trained themselves to sit to see. Yeah, and they
0: demonstrate that. Like the dwarf is just like continuously like they say no, do better, do good, like have all these things, and they're always just like no, 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 and you can just see the repetitive exactly. nature, which you know. You go into dwarves, which are made from stone. So, like, it, it's all like goes together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they harden themselves over and over and over again throughout that book. Yeah. Keep going. I, I like, and digging no, no, it. but, but that's exactly it. I'm it's vibing.
1: like, this is the, to me, this is, you know, and admittedly, it's, It's an allegory. Like Mm -hmm. it's there to kind of Mm -hmm. be one possible explanation, like most of Lewis's fiction is. It's like, hey, no, 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 I'm not putting this forward as like a theological treatise. I'm putting it forward as a possible, at the very least, it's a story that explains something which is true. If it helps you great, if not, throw it out. Like he says. And it might even be true.
0: Mm -hmm. But I don't
1: know. And ultimately, whether this is exactly how it works or not, isn't super important. Now, nah. but that general idea of the fact that you know how we train ourselves to respond says a lot about to what extent we know what is good. And if we know what is good, then when we rec- then once we come face to face with God, we recognize it and we'll accept it. On the other hand, there are people and this is Uh, I think going back to the quote from John, those who do not love do not know God. And going back to what you were just saying, that is an active willing to reject God because Mm -hmm. it is so deeply ingrained in us that even those who at a surface level wish to reject God and wish to deny God can't help still loving. Like even Christ says, you know, if you love those who love you, what good is that? Even sinners do the same. Hmm. Like he acknowledges that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a love even amongst great sinners. And so like if even sinners are capable of that, to to harden ourselves past that, what an incredible – like on on a certain level, you almost – have to respect the level of (laughs) commitment and will that it takes to do that. You know, in that same kind of mocking tone, as I talk about, like, honestly, passing my class is easy. Getting an A is far from guaranteed. But if you can't get a C in my class, that's actually probably taking you more work than the B would. Right. So, So, like, and I feel like it's very much kind of the same deal. So, no, I would not getting back to kind of the original question, yeah. like I'm, I'm like you, I'm getting caught up in a million tangents, all of which I want to chase down yeah. immediately. But like, ultimately, no, I wouldn't say that be- someone being an atheist means that they can't love or that they don't love. Right. I would say as loving as an atheist can be, if they were to come to recognize God, they would be able to be more loving. Hmm. However, I want to clarify on this too this is a comparison between them as an atheist and them as a believer right not them as an atheist and me as a believer Mm, you know what i mean that's an interesting because i i am not here to say that like every christian is more loving than every atheist because lord above i've spent too much time on twitter watching christians talk to each other (laughs)
0: No, that is the truth. That is the truth. That's yeah. Everybody's got their own journey and you get on the road at a different point.
1: Absolutely. But what I can say with absolute confidence is that every person who knows Christ is more loving for that fact than they would be without it. And every person who does not know Christ would be more loving than they are if they did. And that, and why is that?
0: So, like, well, so I mean, that seems like a stupid yeah. question, but no, like, no, no, it's
1: not actually.
0: Like, what is it that just by, um, uh, crap, I can only think of it in the negative, like being guilty by association, like just because <laughs> you're no. next to God, like you're become capable oh, of it more,
1: or like, well, because it's it's mentorship, like that. That's what it is. He's like, so think about, so I am not particularly handy. Like I'm, I'm decently okay with tools. And if something fairly basic is wrong, I can probably come up with a solution for it on a very basic level. But like when, when I get a new car, now granted every car I get is used. So even when it's new to me, work needs to be done. I don't know what the heck to do. If I get a manual, so back in the, the pre-YouTube days, me mm-hmm. working on a car and me flipping through the book and trying to figure things out, but basically think of it in these kind of stages. If I just try to intuit based on my extremely limited knowledge just from having driven a car and having been around while other people work on cars, if I try and intuit on my own, how to fix this problem or how to go about it. Uh, I mean, look, I might get lucky. It might go well. uh, And I would have some rough idea of what I'm doing. If I have a book that like lays out the steps for me, you know, for example, like if it was written on my heart instead of on the pages of a book, using that as a guide, I would be able to get closer. If I pull out my phone and get on YouTube and find someone working on that exact thing with that exact car and I'm getting kind of the step-by-step walkthrough, yeah. I'm going to do a lot better. If I'm working next to an actual mechanic who can tell me what to do and explain it a bunch of different ways and answer my specific questions when I watch them doing something, I'll be able to do a lot better. Yeah. In the same way, if it's just me on my own I I can be loving by intuition. Yeah. If I've grown up in a family environment or a societal environment that promotes those ideas of love, however imperfectly, but is promoting them and holding them out as a thing to be achieved, I'll be able to do a little better than I would just by intuiting
0: it. Mm-hmm.
1: However, if I actually know Christ who knows love perfectly. If I know God who is a love and I'm able to walk with him, I can get so much better at it.
0: Yeah. I kind of want to add like to your analogy too. And then do it. And I think like even more so is if you had like in Ratatouille, a little mouse on your head, moving your arms because like, I I just had that real, like there's not enough hair up here for them to (laughs) grip, but like, (laughs) but like, that's the Holy spirit. Yeah. Right. Like I, I just ha- like, I don't know. Sorry, Holy spirit. I, you should be in the forefront of my mind more often, but like when, when you come to that, like you have God who is love, like kind of like in injected into you. And now it's like a part, like you're sealed in with it. And so like, it's not just like you have the Bible's great. Right. But like now you have like this, like, being beamed directly into your brain, yep. the capacity of love, like the person of love sealed within you. And so, yeah, uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm sorry. I know I always take serious topics and ruin them with silly analogies, but like, Oh, uh, no, no, that's great. That's just like, all I could think about it. And, and if I was going to take this all, I would kind of got to get t- heading towards life lessons, I think here, but, and, and I think I might be jumping the gun, but I want to say it before I forget it. <laughs> and if you got another point, jump on it and we can, we no, can keep go going. But like my life lesson, like I'm just listening to all of this stuff and I'll, all I'm thinking about is how that the, we all get on the road at different points, right? Like that whole just that thought is that in this, I should be more trained to see God in more people. Right, and the the exclusivity the the or the belief of exclusivity belonging to Christians is wrong, right? Mm. Like like we kind of get that egocentric or or, or prideful I, pride like there's a word for it to where it's like, no, you don't know love because you're not a Christian. Because we have God, right? And so like mm-hmm. there's the line in the sand and it's like, no, 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 that's not it. Like there's there's a lot at work and there's a lot at play. And even though they're atheists, their nature is not removed from them. Yes, God still created them. God still loves them and their nature is still in there. That's why they still do good. That's why they're still worth pursuing. That's why we don't give up on them, why Christ doesn't give up on them. And, you know, like I get caught up a lot. And, and in that line in the sand, you know, like th- these are the ones that are in, those are the ones that are out, and they're almost lesser, you know, or they're different, or mm. they're, you know, they're on the outside for a reason. Yeah. And, and that's what I, I'm seeing a lot, you know, like when you, cause that, just the question itself, like, well, how does an atheist love, right? Like, is a very just, it's a, it's a silly, like, I'm okay asking the stupid questions because, uh, you know, I've always been the one comfortable looking stupid. But, like, there really is that that point in which, like, no, we need to be able to see God in everybody. Um, and everybody. And that line that we have in the sand that says we have it and they don't uh, might be wrong. Or or oh, that wall shouldn't be built at the very absolutely. least. It should come down.
1: Absolutely. And I would say, like, it, it's not actually – it's not a silly question. It, it's an incredibly human question. Because what it is, is coming to terms with the fact that we have a bias. Mm, yeah. Like, yep. we, we know, and again, it starts from a totally reasonable place. Is Christianity true? Yes. Would people be better if they were closer to truth? Yes. Okay. But... Like you said, at the beginning of that, it's about where the journey is starting and where they're going on their journey. Mm-hmm. Like, I am better because I am a Christian than I would be if I weren't. Yeah. However, that does not mean that I'm better than someone who isn't Christian. Mm-hmm. They're not as good as they could be if they were a Christian. Yeah. I'm not as good as I can be because I'm still working on that. Yeah. Um. But no, I think that's. Honestly, I think it's a great question and it's an important one. And I think for me, the the life lesson to kind of take away from all of this is that idea of like move to the source. Hmm. Like that. that's ultimately what all of this is that we're talking about. God is the source. If you want to be more loving, get closer to God and you will become more loving. Mm-hmm. It also works as a really good kind of check for yourself. If you're wondering whether what you're doing is good and bringing you closer to God, check. Are you being more loving? Yeah. Because, like, again, I, I said it kind of flippantly and mildly tongue-in-cheek. But, like, yeah, online warriors, man. Like, check yourself. Yeah. Truth. You know there's a there's a difference between the idea of like putting forward truth even in a challenging way that's totally fine and acceptable but like if you can't do it lovingly then you can't do it and say you're a Christian yeah like mm-hmm. and again not everyone needs to right that's the other thing like right. if you're not capable of that that's totally fine that doesn't make you uh Insufficient as a person, right? It's just a pretty strong indication that that's not where God has called you, uh, because yeah. what He has called yes. us to be is evangelists and apostles, not bouncers. Yeah,
0: I thank God every day for apologists, and I let them do it. Yes, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yes, like there's there's a lot of value in it. It's really really good, but man, if you have like, not loved, it is so. So hard to do well because yeah. being brilliant is insufficient. Mm-hmm. Like being able to construct the argument. If you're doing that again, as a bouncer, as a gatekeeper, as yeah. someone who's like holding up that wall again, like the only time we see Jesus interact with gates is when he like tears down the gates of hell. Yeah. Like he ain't yeah. building them. Yeah, no, that's right. And he, like all of our social cultural walls, like
0: we, Christianity is not a a behind-closed-doors, behind-the-wall, safety-first kind of uh, faith, man. If that's where you're at, then you're going to be real uncomfortable around Jesus, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Real true. Hopefully,
1: you still get to be around him. Yes, yes. Realistically. true. truth. I— I'm going to be uncomfortable around him. He makes me I uncomfortable a lot. It drives me nuts. But, but I'm thankful. But for I still, I want that. Yes, I do. Yeah, Don't would, take it, it away from me. Be, don't take would, it away. I would really, really <laughs> rather be uncomfortable with him than, than chilling without him. Like There's Truth. no doubt. Truth.
0: Oh, so if you uh, are uh, pondering any of these life questions and, uh, you know, or you're tearing down your own social cultural walls and, and need a break, you know, get a cup of coffee. We would love to provide that coffee for you. That's also how you can uh, support these meaningful conversations, which we, I don't, didn't really post it much, but we've put out 500 pieces of content just recently. Oh, dang. Yeah. I think our last,
1: well, I knew we had, we had, we had missed, uh, the fact that we have gone past 200 on the podcast. Yeah. And we missed that. I always forget about that until I'm posting the next one. And it's like, Oh, well, too late to (laughs) turn it on it now. I can't celebrate 201, but yeah, we're dang 500, 500 between
0: blogs and podcasts. And we're coming up on five years. So uh, we hope these conversations are beneficial to you. The best way to support that would be to buy some coffee so we can roast it fresh and ship it to you. Uh, that's how we like to do this. So, Uh, You got anything else on your brain there, man? Nah, man, I'm good. Very cool. All right, with that, we will say... Adieu.